All right. Speaking of, let's just roll through. Okay. Speaking of t- title drops, it does not take long for waiting to exhale. Just to, I think it's in the first five to ten minutes. We have, uh, uh, I think Whitney Houston's voiceover narration is the one that gets it. As we're being introduced to these characters, they're all, I think the first ten minutes is just voiceover from the yeah. uh, four respective uh, women, um, which I assume this being a film adaptation of a novel, they're just uh, allowing just passages just to play out as opposed to trying to uh, make it dialogue between two characters that really just sounds like someone's exposition, someone's thoughts. This, uh, I don't know if this will surprise you, uh, is a first time watch for me. <gasps> Savannah, Bernadine, Robin, Gloria. Four friends determined to face reality. The one man I love is marrying got a kid. Well, you tell her baby girl that her daddy loves her. To find the perfect love. Michael is not pretty, but he's available. You get the best loving in the world when a man is begging. Oh! I... <laughs> to take control of their lives. I'm leaving you for her. You wait a minute. I give you 11 years of my life and you're telling me you're leaving me for another woman. And to make dreams come true. Would you like to have dinner with us tonight? There's just leftovers. Collard greens and cornbread, some candied yams, a little potato salad, fried chicken, peach cobbler, fruit slices of ham. I have no business eating it myself, big as I am. I like that. I like a woman with a little meat on her bones, you know? Give me some! 20th Century Fox proudly presents... But I have to admit, I haven't seen anything as splendid as you since I've been here. Okay, yo, hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> you don't have to give me that look. Whitney Houston. I know if I left right now, it would be the wrong time. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer than I expected. You see, the more I think about it, the more I look at you, you look like the scum of the earth. Angela Bassett. I need somebody to hold me. Even if it is a damn lie. Leela Rashan. <laughs> Does he think he just did something here? I could have had a V8. And Loretta Devine. Oh, God, I hope he's not watching me walk away. <laughs> All right. He's watching. <laughs> In a story of the challenges that make us stronger. I always thought if I gave him what he needed, he'd give me what I needed. You know... Some of us are still on that dream trip, girl. And the friends that get us through it all. Waiting to Exhale. Directed by Forrest Whitaker. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought um, this would have been something you would have queued up multiple times mm. in your adult life. So this came out uh, Christmas 95, which means I was 13 when this came out. Um, <clears throat> I would say, <laughs> much like our One Fun Day episode, that then uh, I had nothing for the dating life of middle-aged black women. I had no <laughs> idea what they're going through. Um I don't know now as a middle-aged man <laughs> myself. <laughs> Certainly, though, when I was this age, I was not the target audience for this. And I don't know when I was going to age into it because, unfortunately, 
as we talked about in the bodyguard episode, which is something I did see as a kid. I remember thinking like, man, that Whitney Houston, uh, what an actress. I'm going to follow her along. I did remember the iconic moment from this movie of Angela Bassett mm. setting her, I guess, soon to be ex-husband's yes. possessions and car on fire. That's the, I mean, that's probably just like a running gif, her smoking the cigarette, looking at uh, all of his shit just go up in flames. Uh, but I didn't like some of these movies we watch. I'm like, I've seen bits and pieces of, I, I don't, I didn't, I was never exposed to any of these scenes because all the Whitney Houston stuff, that was all new to me. Yeah. Some of the Angela Bassett stuck out, but yeah, I didn't even know that Whitney Houston was going to play struggling single woman in this. So that's, that's kind of where I want to start. I can with tell totally in how you said that you have a thought in that regard. Okay, so she's not struggling professionally, and I'm trying to think of any. Uh, actually, I guess the, the, it's only the Angela Bassett character who, you know, we quickly learned, like, really kind of gave up her opportunity to be a uh, homemaker and to raise her children. Uh, I don't think any other ones are struggling financially, but Whitney Houston, what I'm wanting to emphasize is the way we're introduced to her is at a New Year's Eve party where she is flirting i guess with other women's dates and then she's like oh well if I, I guess you know she resigned she's resigned herself to going home alone she's like i can still catch dick clark and i'm thinking <laughs> there's no fucking way in hell that no way in hell <laughs> that whitney houston is like she's perpetually single just can't always just gonna be going Especially home to watch television by, my, by myself she seems to have a fairly liberal net that she casts if that makes mm-hmm. sense right so you would think that and i think she even says it at one point when she's narrating like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna steal your man if i need to or something in that regard mm-hmm. um maybe it's it is a um you know i don't expect to be alone but in the event that i am it's also you know it out of 365 days even if i'm attractive and educated and I have a career there's got there has to be at least a day here or there that you know I'm not betting someone maybe I, I don't know if that's kind of how it plays because I do I do see your point that it, it plays out like well oopsie daisy missed out again and and that doesn't make a lot of sense um you know coming off of the bodyguard episode that we did not too long ago it is interesting though because the, my general takeaway with Whitney Houston's character specifically, or Whitney Houston's kind of acting, I think she's better here. And this is the first time that, I, that I'd ever actually seen this movie the whole way through. Now, growing up as a black kid um, in the 90s, like this movie gets mentioned, oh my God, it was like every other day. Like I, having two, especially two sisters that would have been um, close to in their 20s already by the time that this movie dropped like this was super popular for black women uh to to go see in the in the mid to late 90s and so it's it's iconic a lot of the scenes uh are 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 things that i've seen like multiple times just on on tv things of that nature but what i hadn't seen a lot of were the Whitney Houston scenes because she doesn't really have like the, the pin drop moments, right? Like she doesn't have the Angela Bassett scene with the, with the car and the fire and, and everything like that. And so I'm going into it. My, that was my first thought was, is she better in this than what I re- remember her being in the bodyguard? And I do think that she is, but I don't think her or, you know, 
even her other female counterparts are helped very much by what I find to be a really bad script uh, overall. Uh, and I don't know. That's uh, you know, I don't know what direction you're wanting to go with with this episode. But there, I have lots of issues <laughs> um, um, with some of the some of the dialogue in this film. Well, there's okay. There's a warmth to the approach to the characters, which I I like, uh, and that. Um, so like Whitney Houston, uh, I I don't think the film is certainly not as combative as me. Where it's like bullshit. There's no way, <laughs> no way, no how, uh, because uh, you have another character. Uh, the actor's name is it Layla Roshan? Yes. I'm not familiar with her, although I recognize her from uh, Any Given Sunday. She's in Boomerang um, too. If you uh, a short scene, she was the one that lost the dog. If you recall, you know, there's okay. So I was looking at her IMDb and there's something, um, uh, it says announced, which is boomeranged. Are they going back to do another? Yeah, that's it. Doesn't say it's in, yeah, it just says rumored. Um, but, uh, getting back to, I guess, my first (laughs) point, we need another emergency podcast on boomerang. (laughs) Thank God it doesn't say in production right now or even pre production. Um, well, yeah, we'll see when we get to that point. I don't think uh, coming uh, to number two, America did well from what I read. It seemed like the fan base was angry and it just kind of came and went. Uh, I didn't watch it, but Hiro, I noticed he was hyped about it and then he never brought it up again. So <laughs> Hiro does that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she's playing the character of Robin and I'm assuming she's like, uh, is she set up as like the youngest one in the group or the one that's like, more actively in the field. Like if Whitney Houston is kind of resigned to like, this is the way of like dating. Hmm. It seems like she is more like, all right, move on to the next. That didn't work out. Okay. What can I do with this guy? She has a sex sequence with Wendell Pierce, who I, (laughs) I know from the, (laughs) the wire, (laughs) but, uh, I never thought I'd see bunk, uh, making his move on attractive young lady, uh, and they play it out in full in excruciating, <laughs> I won't say detail cause you don't really see any like flesh, uh, but all the pillow talk, everything, it goes to completion with, uh, with him. <laughs> and I was, I was horrified again. So <laughs> I come into this thinking like, okay, I, I have no idea about, uh, the black female experience, uh, when it comes to romance. <laughs> now I'm going, I'm, I'm pulling further back where I'm like, is this what women have to go through? Is this what women like kick around their mind as far as settling for? Cause, cause we have access to her thoughts in the voiceover where she's like, yeah, not that attractive. Does he think he's doing something? Okay. Just play along. And then there's a conversation after this, uh, not like bad as far as criminal sexual encounter, but deeply unsatisfying. And he asked her like, what do you want in life? And she's like, well, I want everything. He's right. like, yeah. No problem. And I'm like, it doesn't sound like you're really listening. <laughs> Dude, it just sounds like you're easy. You want shelter, food, or you want a ring on your finger? We can take care of that. Just basic human needs being made. <laughs> so I don't know if you had that response where I was like, man, I'm watching this. And I don't think it's particularly like man-hating, even though these women have lots of bad experiences with men. There's one with... Um, God, what is the actor's name? Who, uh, Michael T. Williamson. <laughs> like, who, you know, I think in pop culture is known as Bubba from Forrest Gump. 
where he shows up drunk to take out yet again this Robin character mm-hmm. who's attractive and she puts up all manner of bullshit and shows up drunk. Hey, hey, Robin. Hey. You ready, babe? I'm not going. Why not? Because, Troy. I don't like this. (laughs) You don't like what? Okay. All right. So, so what? What am I supposed to tell my mother and my son and the rest of my family? Your son? How old is his son? He's almost thirteen. What's your point? My point is, I don't think we're ready for family reunions yet. What am I supposed to tell him, Robin? Tell him whatever you want to. Oh, so I'm just supposed to accept this? You don't have a choice. You should have asked me before committing me. I did ask. No, you told me. You come here two hours late and I'm supposed to go with you? Oh, I don't think so. Robin! Robin! It's locked, Troy. Baby, it's too hot for this shit. Can you come get the door? No. Can I use your bathroom? Hell no. Do you have any idea how many women would love for me to take them to my house so they can meet my mother? Oh, I can just about guess. <sighs> you black bitches are all the same. Bitch! You complain all the time about don't nobody want your asses. Don't know how to treat you. As soon as a man or brother show you genuine interest, your bitches act simple. Then you wonder why we go out with white women. A white woman can have your sorry ass. Don't you throw that up here. You raggedy bitch. You better be more careful who you pick up in grocery stores next time. Troy, take your drunk ass, leather wearing in the summertime, need a shave, stinky ass home. I'm not going. Have a free bowl, tramp. Huh? Forget you. Forget you. Ah! like that it's like that then bye and is indignant that he's two hours late that she won't let him in so he can you know piss i guess properly not on himself but also go to this cookout to meet his mother and his child that he hadn't told her that he drops in that conversation he that's breaking news (laughs) i don't you're right though i don't think it was i don't think it was man hating it at Maybe through different eyes, I think other folks may say differently. I don't think does, so much, just because they... He does in that scene, picking up an orange and from watching the lawn, it. and says, have a fruit bowl, tramp. <laughs> <laughs> his, his dialogue completely changes once, she's, once she says to him declaratively, I'm not going, you're two hours late. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, bitch, it's like over and over again. 
<laughs> well, I'd be main, I'd be man hating too, right? Like my husband well, cheats on me, and it was like, yeah, I'm taking everything too. Like they're, you know, and those things aren't unreasonable experiences that they have either. I was okay. They they do get into, I guess the, uh, and I, I've worked with a good number of black women, and it's interesting to hear their perspective. But like the the Angela Bassett portion of this film, where um, God, it's it's like the worst. It's not a meet cute for the relationship, but it's the worst meet cute for the audience. Like, okay, let's be introduced to this couple, and she's getting ready to go to some party, and in her head, all she's thinking is like, basically, I wish we didn't have to like do these sort of put upon like mm. business transaction kind of social engagements, right. and it would be nice just to spend time with my husband. And he comes in behind her, she's looking in the mirror, and he's like, "Hey, would it be all right if like you know?" Uh, we don't go to this thing. And the smile that comes up on her face where it's like, he's read my mind as far as, right. you know, marriage is going to be back on track. And then he follows it up with, uh, and by we, I mean, you will not go. I guess this is a good time as any to say that I'd like a divorce and I'm taking another woman with me to this, this party. But in both encounters, I'm talking about, uh, the Michael T. Williamson character as he's in between throwing oranges at this woman's balcony, uh, like the Ro- Romeo that he is. Um, it says this is why uh, we end up dating white women, mm-hmm. um, and in that the, the I'm announcing that I'm leaving you. Uh, it's revealed it is for a white lady, right? And that that gets brought up, and that, yet again, but that's going into this this world that I know nothing about, and that's still like a thing. Like these coworkers I've had have brought up uh, this yes. very dynamic of men they've been involved with, and how differently they treat their partner based on race talking about black men. And that's just, that's just, I'm never going to have access right. to that particular world myself. Uh, that's a, and being black, but as a black male, right on the other side, you, let me, let me preface with, you had to be very careful. Me, uh, I'd be very careful how I'd traverse this area, but it is a conversation that, you know, I've, <laughs> I like that you can excuse yeah. Whitey because it's like Mike, you can, can just fumble kind along, of just say whatever you're like oh, just blindly <laughs> with his ignorance <laughs> just I don't know anything about this I don't know anything about anything but I liked when he threw that orange up in the balcony <laughs> <laughs> well you know there's I, I do know quite a bit about uh, kind of the feelings and perceptions of, of black men and black women if dating outside of your race I think well, so much of the conversation that we have as from a social perspective is about how white people historically have felt about interracial dating. We don't really from a larger society talk that much about how black people feel and uh, in particular black women um, who oftentimes historically have been considered like the, the backbone as most women are in their own specific cultures, the backbone of that culture. Right, they were the backbone of the civil rights movement, the backbone of, you know, during slavery, things of that nature. And what you tend to see is this this pushback when you have black men, particularly dating outside of their race, especially, you know, because of long held you know perspectives on 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 like the the virtuous lifting or uplifting of of white women in society and how that kind of contrasts to how we've treated black women. Um, and then you also have uh, the, and, and uh, again, even when Angela Bassett's character calls her husband um, an Uncle Tom, and he looks at her, he's like, that's getting old. Well, that's probably because he's been called an Uncle Tom more than a handful of times, because it's it can be uh, seen as an inherent turning your back on your own people, 
right? Um, you know, to to be ingratiated into the membership of whiteness just by having a white partner, and that's essentially what she's saying. And so that is so embedded in in the dialogue, in the culture, in the perspectives and belief systems that, uh, you know, even when I was watching this movie, I, I was thinking about you when I was watching it in the same way that, of course, of course. Right. <laughs> Darn that Dave mentioned this to me in a podcast that, uh, or in an episode we were recording for your list, my command, our new podcast. You can find us on iTunes or wherever else. Um, I'm getting better. You were pretty time. good until the very end yeah, no, of wherever, wherever else. else. <laughs> but he mentioned that, you know, when he was like, one of the things I like about picking movies for someone else is thinking about how they're watching it. And that was, in this particular case, what was going on in my mind was, you know, all the conversations that they were having, especially it was like, go get your white woman. And I was like, I wonder how Mike's feeling about <laughs> Like, what's going on in his mind? And is he thinking, God, why do they keep bringing up, like, you know, my sister? I have no idea what they're bringing <laughs> You know, but I'm, but I'm sure that you're kind of, like you're saying, you work with black women. You've, you've at mm. least been privy to some of mm-hmm. those conversations. Maybe not to the same weight or extent, but you at least get that, and you're a fairly intelligent human being, right? Like, you get why there's all this legacy of stuff and why it's so uh, contentious, I guess, in nature. I was most impressed that they um, allowed the characters to say some of these things that don't necessarily make them come across as the most you know, progressive people. It's not that this is a, a, a very political film, but I also don't think that you're meant to read Angela Bassett as like, well, she's just a rampant racist. Like right. she, as soon as she sees a white person, she slaps him right in the face, which is, you know, because <laughs> the context is that's the other woman. So you've seen that play out in numerous films, but I did find that to be hilarious. Just right up. But the fact that she says it, that she points out the distinction that, um, oh, you're leaving me for a white woman. And then I think, unfortunately, the the husband uh, who is breaking apart his family, mm. it's it's I think it's a bold choice that he has played so uh, practical. And I'm I'm going to be the level headed party here. Right. Uh, you know, my love of. Michael T. Williams in that scene. Uh, clearly, he's not because he's uh, a drunk and he's prone to lashing out when he doesn't get his way. He's a child. Um, but having Angela Bassett's husband leave her in such a way where he's like, "We're going to do this as adults," um, and you know, it's not like he strikes her. It's not like he reveals like his evil nature or anything. Uh, it's it's brave and it allows a heartbroken woman to say things that don't put her in the best light. Hmm. And I mean, I think, yeah, you're supposed to like cheer and rah, rah when she burns the ship, but she, she is like unhinged at various points. She's depressed. Uh, she's pushing her friends away. And so when they, they bring that, I mean, she, you know what I'm saying? She does some drastic. <laughs> and, and her friends are against it. Sure. Honey, this is the stupidest move you've made yet. Just because you have said with I your love husband, you glory, but I'm not going to debate this with you. All right. I'm not here for a lecture. But I've been doing your hair for 11 years. One isn't moved by your husband. You're going to come in and yes. chop off all yes, of your hair. Yeah, come on, Gloria, do it. I'm not doing this. What is the fucking big deal? No, Just I'm cut not it, doing Gloria. it. You're going to wake up tomorrow. All right, yeah, fucking fine. You want to cut this fucking shit off my head? I'm doing my goddamn self. Fine. Fine. 
You want me to cut it? I'll cut it. How short do you want it, huh? You want it shorter than mine or short as mine? You know, I can always use a razor, too. I can't believe you. Eleven years of growing your hair, and look at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Fine. For Loretta Devine, who we've not talked much about, because I think she's... I don't think she has probably the most dramatic shifts here. She's got, like, this sort of empty nest thing, although they do reveal that her husband, like, he's like, hey, I'm I'm gay. Like, I've tried mm -hmm. to tell you this before. Um, and speaking of characters saying things uh, that doesn't, you know, make them, like, the most redeemable, having, when she reveals that, quasi-accidentally, maybe not, maybe pointedly, uh, in anger, she reveals to... Uh, her son, uh, played by uh, Turk, mm -hmm. Scrubs fame and Clueless, don't know if he's on. Um, he immediately is going to a gay slur. And then is not only that, but is like shouting it to the heavens and like reveling in the ability to finally call like someone close to him mm -hmm. uh, something homophobic. But not totally like I don't understand where this kid's coming from because. He's already feel like his he already feels like his father's betrayed him and has abandoned him sure. as a child. So now he's lashing out. I respected the film that it gets into these territories that would make someone like, yeah, let's go to like if they if you want to call this like the black first wives club, or I guess rather first wives club would be the white version of this because I think it comes out a year later. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's go see the girls club movie and they like their husbands are shit and they're going to get back on their feet. They allow the women here to to probably make people in the audience that are re ready to be behind them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, ooh, I wish she hadn't said that. Or why does she have to point out that he's now going for, like, a white girl? Like, that sort of thing. I, I really admire that about the movie. I think it is – and I've said this before about films like Boomerang, but really that film was – really quite safe about some of these things that would make white people uncomfortable. And this is one of those films that uh, you can tell is crafted with the interpretation that black people are going to go see it. Right. Like those conversations, uh, you know, Donald Faison saying what he's saying about his dad, things of that nature. I think we've talked about this before when it comes to some social issues, even in our country, um, you could, or even human rights issues in some regard, like African American groups, we're we're conservative, right? Like we're closer in line with, uh, you know, wasps in the South, right? Like the Bible Belt, and so what would seem like homophobia or even gay bashing is like we're we're like in 1970, right? Like we're getting there, but we're still behind in that regard. And so if that was going to be a particular plot point where Loretta Devine's character finds out that her husband um is out or he came out to her and she tells her son in 1996, um for better or for worse, and it is for worse, he's probably going to say that. Right, being a black kid in 1996, 1997, whatever. Um, you know, if if you have a group of black girlfriends and one of their husbands leave and he gets remarried and it's not to another black woman, like it's going to come up specifically that it's a white woman. And I like, and like to your point, it, there's a, a sense of, of bravery in it, but I think there's also a sense of like truth and honesty in that depiction because what they're essentially saying is, is like, this is how black people talk. And if you want to watch a, a movie about four black women that talk like white women, then go find another movie because that's not what you're going to get here. Cause what you would do is have black people then sitting in the audience saying like, that's not really how that goes down at all. So it's saying true to the characters, 
Um, and again, that's probably pretty rare, especially for the time. Like you're going to get a lot of caricatures or stereotyping or just safe blacks if you're going to have an ensemble cast um, in that particular time. Hell, I mean, that's something that they that we still see a lot in film. So that, that's an astute point, Michael. That's what I'm trying to get to. Well, you know, I'm all about uh, Terry McMillan's work. I know exactly where she's coming from. <laughs> a young, a 13-year-old Kentucky boy, small town. I, I totally, totally get you on, on that regard. Um, I'm trying to think if this... If it it's hard with the ensemble movies, because uh, we did early on this feed, we did Crazy Stupid Love, which I think leans definitely mm. more comedic, more rom comish in that way. Yeah. It's difficult to to navigate because um, I feel like, as I said, the marking of this, other than Whitney Houston, maybe maybe being the biggest star, but Angela Bassett was certainly what they sold as far as like right. she's probably got the most interesting arc, the most interesting like sort of trailer moments. Um, I don't know if this is like really a rom-com like proper uh, in that sense, just because it doesn't seem like they're going to, they're forcing necessarily a happy ending for all involved. Yeah. Like I'm not entirely sure that any of them have a, what a a conventional happy ending, Mm -hmm. at least in that regard. I mean, there's still question marks about, you know, Loretta Devine's, long-term relationship, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, her significant other with Gregory Hines. It, so it, it, it's one of those, <clears throat> I, I think you on its face, it, there are going to be moments that, um, are funny, are, you know, engaging, right? Like you were talking about with the, the scene, um, you know, when they were at the apartment and the orange is getting thrown and all that, like you're going to have those moments. Uh, but really there's, it's far more of a melodrama with humor mixed mm-hmm. in, right? Like there are moments that, uh, that in fact kind of took me out of it because it was just like a little bit too, a little, you know, the, the histrionics were a little bit too high for me, right? There's too much drama going on. Um, but I think that's more of the pointed direction as far as the, the content itself. With an ensemble cast, I usually kind of don't care that much. Like, I can kind of still be engaged. But I do feel like there were moments in which it was too fragmented, if that makes sense, right? What did you feel about Wesley Snipes kind of showing up late <laughs> as the um, uh, soon-to-be widower? Or, like, you know, uh, he's already in, like, this grieving state, attached and married. Right. But he's also, like, he's got one foot out as far as, like, what will my life be like when i'm a widower and i felt like that might get have been it wet the point. real quick to see what it's gonna be like. <laughs> that that might have been the the bridge too far for me is like can wesley snipes not just be like uh, an old scallywag can he not just be the guy that's like i'm married but you're attractive at the bar and i'm on a business trip and so you know it was obviously like when you're talking about real people they're everyone has their own bag and stuff they're going sure. through everyone's a star of their own movie but here I'm like, no, no, Angela Bassett's a star. I don't need, I don't need more from these these secondary characters coming in. And I suppose, like when you mentioned Gregory Hines, that's what I wanted from like the male love interest mm. is they come in, either as some sort of stabilizing force, or they're just a good lay for our, our, our ladies or something. Right. But I don't really need to know all of his neuroses. And so Wesley Wesley Snipes sidling up to the bar, and then we get to hear like his cancer story. I was like, okay, this might have, this might be a, a bit too much uh, waiting to exhale. For me. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have these moments where I'm like transported 
to a time when I would be single and at a bar, and if someone came up and started to have a conversation with me, and they start telling me real intimate details like that in that moment, I'm like, ah, oh, you're you're insane. Like, you're crazy, or you are you give off, you're too transparent. Like, I, I, I'm sorry about your story, but I'm not donating any to this crazy, right? And so you would, I would almost think that, that would be Angela Bassett, where she'd be like, "Listen, I, I'm dealing with a divorce. My husband's leaving me for a white woman, and I don't want to listen to your story about your." I do your like cancer. that Wesley Snipes is like, "Well, now that you mentioned it, my wife's also white." <laughs> I did think, like, what is happening in this universe? Like, is this like an invasion of white women? <laughs> they're, they're popping up everywhere. There you go. You could have that would have been a maybe a more interesting movie about how the um, waiting to excel women like. Ghost busted. <laughs> I've never seen it, but when uh, that got brought up, in particular from the Angela Bassett character, uh, I remember um, someone I knew. I, I wouldn't say like a, an acquaintance. Uh, it wasn't someone I was friends with, but just someone I, I knew um, telling a story like at a bar uh, about her and her, I guess, long term boyfriend um, who was black. Uh, and she was a white woman going to see the uh, Beyonce Idris Elba movie Obsessed, which is like mm. one of those like throwaway, mm-hmm. like, I guess, old fashioned, like erotic thrillers, sex thrillers. And uh, Allie Larcher. Um, oh, I know this. Is like the white woman that, like, I, I don't know. I, I've never seen it. So I don't yeah. know. The, main, the character's name is Derek, by the way. Uh, I did I don't not know, know that. Shut up. <laughs> really? I, do, I, I don't know if uh, Derek in Obsessed. Uh, cheats or if he just leads the Ellie larger character on to believe that uh, he would cheat with her, whatever it is, she just comes in and plays the like crazy homewrecker, like the, mm. the stalker. But she <laughs> told the story about going with her black boyfriend or fiance. I can't remember. And a predominantly black crowd to see this movie. Cause Beyonce and Elba, the stars, and the looks that she got when the credits <laughs> came up. And I found that hilarious. I shouldn't have, but I was just like, that's the best possible way to watch it. Because you were you were in that world. You were you were the other person coming to ruin everybody's good time. See, what she probably heard in the audience where it was uh, folks saying stuff like, See, I told you you should have stopped messing with that white woman. Look what's happening in your life. And she's just sitting there sliding down in her chair. <laughs> wanting to die. There, there is... And this is terrible, and it's not the intention of the Twitterverse, but I can just say, in particular, is now a middle-aged straight white guy, that there, there is some sort of weird bulletproof vest that we have to attacks on being a straight white guy, where it happens so often that it's like nothing... Nothing even phases. It's just like you just walk through the rain. You're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whereas in that particular instance, it's so hyper-specific mm-hmm. where this this woman, where it's like she is carrying all of that. Me, I would be eating my popcorn, not even <laughs> not even recognizing that I'm the villain. Yes, I am a colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> <Tell me another. laughs> that is not probably the privilege that Twitter talks about us having, but there is a privilege in that, in that you feel no shame. And you've been so desensitized <laughs> by your guilt, your white guilt. Now, it doesn't exist anymore. It's just gone. Not the lesson I think I'm supposed to learn. Thank you for our discussion on critical race theory and waiting to exhale. <laughs> Keep subscribing. We eventually talk about Batman. <laughs> you have an appointment with us? I'm just a temp. 
You're a temp? I did some trading with the other temps and I wrangled your desk. I hope that's okay. Always nice to have a pretty girl around the office, isn't it, boys? Yes, sir. Does this Christmas party get pretty wild? Not usually. Well, that's no fun. Hey, don't. Stop, stop, stop. Why didn't you call me back today? We had a temper. She didn't even number. Is she pretty? Pretty plain. It is such a pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Charles. Hi. You said she was plain. That girl may be a lot of things, but she ain't plain. I wouldn't know. I only have eyes for you. A lot of these single gals see the workplace as their hunting ground. And I think this one has got you in her crosshairs. went insane today, having to pretend like I was concentrating on work when all I could think about... Lisa! There's nothing going on between us. I'm sorry to disturb you. I was trying to reach Derek. There was a, a kind of incident. Is he all right? I think he should tell you himself. My name is Monica Reese. I'm the investigating detective. What's happening, Derek? It's okay. She tried to commit suicide naked in your bed. She Charles, was naked please. in your hotel room? I need to get the story in your husband's own words. None of this ever happened. So she made the whole thing up in her head? Hi, I'm Sharon's friend, Kate. I have this present for Kyle. You can't sleep, babe. I won't wake him. Somebody was inside the house? You better do something about this woman. Oh, I will. You need help. I know. Help me, Derek. You said you wish we could be together. Don't worry. I'll get my revenge. I knew it would come to this. We didn't want you to find out this way. This woman is sick! I'm gonna call you back. I'll show you crazy. Get out! Get out!